0: Life can throw a lot at you, but imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself.
1: Welcome and good day, everyone. I'm Lene.
0: And this is Sandy. And we are imagining something pretty spectacular today, which is... We're
1: imagining ourselves stepping out into a world that might not know us yet. But having the courage to introduce ourselves, our talents, our products, our brand with such confidence and enthusiasm that it is contagious, we are imagining ourselves as our own cheerleader. Ah. Sandy, I have a question for you real quick that relates to the guest that we have today to talk about this. Is it possible to just simply adore someone that you've never even met before just based on the great energy that they have? Ah, you got a, a little girl crush. I've never met our guest today, but I just looked at all of her information. I've spoken with her, and I love who we have today. I am delighted to introduce everyone to Aisha Cogborn, a true encourager and motivator. Aisha is a personal brand strategist and author of her new book, On Purpose, Practical Strategies to Live Your Best Life. Aisha, we welcome you today.
2: Thank you so much. You just made my heart so happy (laughs) saying that. Oh, my
1: goodness. (laughs) You have made ours, too. You're just a fascinating lady, and we want to be around fascinating people. So we want to just kind of use you to help us grow and help our audience
0: members take the areas that they want to improve upon and grow with it. In your bio, you referred to it as being tried by fire, all the stuff you've been through. And now here you are advising top executives, all helped along by your own cheerleading.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it has been quite the journey. I mean, I started out in corporate, spent 13 years doing global brand management, corporate communications, all that stuff, and woke up and realized one day this is not who I want to be when I grow up. And <laughs> yes. stepped out there, and, well, I won't say I stepped out. I got pushed out. I got oh. laid, out, laid off in 2009.
1: Oh, Yep, like lots of others, yeah. yeah.
2: Like lots of other people. And at that moment, I was like, you know what? Okay, January 14th, 2009, got laid off. January 15th, ordered new business cards, and was like, we're going to figure out how to make this thing work. Whoa. And it was major And it was a big transformation because I went from being this corporate person to now I have this personal development company. People don't know me as that. And knowing how to build and manage my personal brand really helped me to make that transition a lot more seamlessly.
0: And a lot of what you built it on is social media. Because back in 08 and 09, that was right when social media was just kind of taken off. And so you being an early adapter, it seems like it really helped you, right? But you've also maintained that and become hugely successful.
2: And you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you. There are times when I kick myself because I think to myself, YouTube, when YouTube first came out, I'm like, oh, God, you created YouTube just for me. This is the platform I've been praying for for 20 years. And then I didn't do what I should have done with it. And one of the things that I've had to learn over the years is to have some grace with myself. And recognize that just because a platform is there doesn't necessarily mean I'm supposed to go full out and do everything right now. There's a sense of timing. There is a process to building trust and even just knowing what you're doing before you just go full out there. And so I think even though I've beaten myself up a little bit over the years, I know everything has worked in perfect timing Mm -hmm. and I would not trade the way that it has happened.
1: And it's a good point, too, because we as individuals need to make sure that we're not trying to do what everybody else is doing just because everybody else is doing Mm. it.
2: It may not fit who we are
1: and what we're trying to accomplish.
2: Oh, my goodness, Lene, that is one of the things that I preach all day long to my clients because I see so many of them are like somebody will tell them, you need a podcast, you need to do Facebook Live, you need to post 22 times a day, you need to be speaking (laughs) every week. And they are literally burning themselves out trying to check all the boxes that everybody is telling them to do instead of finding that thing that really fits their voice. And fits their audience. And when you do that, get really good at it. And you're going to stick with it because it's something that aligns more with your interest. If you hate the right don't start a blog. <laughs> it's not <laughs> for you. Oh. To say, yeah, you'll burn yourself out and you might burn
1: your poor audience members out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I want to take a turn at asking you a question about you personally. You're the president and founder of the Epiphany Institute. And that name itself, Epiphany, is powerful. What exactly, besides, like you said, kind of being pushed into change with the economic crisis, what else happened in your life or your career, in your mindset that caused you to turn in the direction that you're in now with helping others make sure that they concentrate on their personal brand?
2: One of the pivotal moments For me, and let me take a step back, I got pregnant the week before I left for college. Uh (laughs) I had my little plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a semester off. I'm going to go to Macomb and take six credit hours for summer school, and I'm going to go back. I'm only going to be a half semester behind. didn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. So I ended up out of school for a year and a half, and I was at work one day working a little minimum wage job, and I lived in subsidized housing, like out in Clinton Township, and... I had a little putt-putt car that didn't even have seatbelts in the back. (laughs) Or radio. A hootie, right? uh, It was awful. (laughs) I've had one of those.
1: I think we all have.
2: (laughs) This is the crazy thing about a little blue festiva. No radio, no seatbelts in the back. And it had nerves to have tinted windows. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Like pimp my
1: ride. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) But just partially pimped. (laughs) But I was at work one day, and I had gotten content with this little life, because I could pay my bills, I had plenty of time to spend with my son, and my life was really simple. And I was at work one day, and this is the first time that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I clearly heard God's voice. And I heard him say to me, I did not put you here to be a normal person. And I knew exactly what that meant. And within a week, I had gotten back in school, and this was probably in July when the semester rolled back around in August. I was back in school and back on track because I had forgotten my assignment. I had forgotten who I was. And one thing I have learned now over the years is that God is not going to let me forget. And so when I get off track, he will allow things to get a little uncomfortable for me To get me back on track. So, if anybody's listening right now and things feel ugly right now, it may be because you're not in your assignment. So, don't get upset about it. Step back and think about what is it that I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not doing? What am I running from? Because that may be why things are uncomfortable for you right now.
0: Interesting. So you did the right thing and you took care of your son and made that a priority, which I'm sure you still did regardless of where you're going to school or what you're doing. But
2: just being called to do things
0: besides being a mom.
2: Yeah. And he went with me. Like my son is 24 and I I took him back to school with me. As a matter of fact, went to Central Michigan University. I'm two hours away from home there. And I drug that little boy everywhere. He was at <laughs> sorority <laughs> meeting. I had a TV show on campus. He was in the studio. At one point, I thought they were going to call Child Protective Services on me because we would be in the editing bay, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd have two chairs pushed together and my coat thrown down over him. And I'm like, they're going to take my child. See? But
0: Well, no, yes, that's we your partner. <laughs> yeah, I yes. bet you he
2: got a lot out of that, so. That's your cheerleader also. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I can even see in him now and he's a musician and matter of fact he's got a show this weekend his first major show and him seeing that commitment to just doing what needs to be done is sticking to into your dream i see how that has played a role in him being brave enough to go after his too you want to give a little plug to his band his name is dion malik he's a hip-hop artist and the best way to connect with him is on instagram dion malik all right. I love
0: that, because Sandy has a son. Yeah. My son yes. is a musician also, and his band is called Boys and Ties. So, and he's, oh, I love yeah, it. He's yeah, he's in college now and
2: doing that on the side. So, all
0: right, where does your journey take you from there?
2: So, got into corporate America because I had this vision of being able to from high school, being able to create platforms where I could give a voice to people who were doing wonderful things in the world. I thought broadcast journalism was the path to do that. I realized it wasn't. And so I went into corporate communication. But as the technology caught up years later, I realized, okay, this is the path to do it. But when I was in corporate, one of the things that I paid attention to is I saw that there were people who were good at what they did, but they never seemed to get the opportunities. Mm -hmm. They never got promoted. They never got the prime assignment. And there were other people who seemed to always have this spotlight shining on them. And I wanted to figure out why. And Mm. so it became this burning question for me. Why is it that some people thrive while other equally talented people don't? And I need to find the answer to that question. And of course, we can say, okay, maybe it's intentional or unintentional bias. But if you clear all those things out, the common thread that I found, whether it was within a corporate system or even with people who have their own businesses, the people who did well, almost in every case, did a much better job of managing their personal brands.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's the key, huh? Yeah. It's always been about branding and even before social media and
2: all this other stuff, hasn't it? It has. We just did it in different ways. And I mean, if we even think about our own behavior, I know, Lene, Sandy, you have a product that you are probably loyal to to a fault. Like it doesn't matter somebody can come to you and tell you no but this is better. Like you really should try this. And you're like no no no, I'm using what I'm using. That's it. Yeah. And it's the same way with us. People develop this sense of a personal brand loyalty also and it's not always based on the logical factors we think we're always going to win based on our resume or based on our education so we go back and we feel like we've got to get more certifications i gotta go get a 23rd degree (laughs) (laughs) i know people like that in school forever yeah oh my god yes their offices are plastered in paper showing that i know what i'm doing but You're still afraid to get out there and actually do it.
1: And to have the confidence that exudes outward to everyone so that they know that you can do it, right? Is that part
2: of it too? Absolutely. I think we need to recognize though too, it is because a brand is built both in our heads and in our hearts. That's how we connect. We can't always base how we expect people to receive us just on logic alone. There's a no like and trust factor that is in there. And I see some people struggle, particularly people that may be a little more introverted or maybe a little more technically oriented who will say, you know what, I'm not playing the politics. Mm -hmm. I'm not here for people to like me, just buy my product, get my service or give me the job. And they're not taking the personal factor into it. We spend most of our waking hours at work. And we want to be around people that we like. So if you're not allowing your whole self to show up, you're checking your personality at the door when you badge in or when you're out on social media promoting your product, promoting your service, all you talk about is your product or service. We never get to know you because you, your personality, who you are outside of what you do may be the reason that I choose you. But you never let us see that.
1: Hmm. Be the whole person. Because humans are social beings and you do want to connect. You don't have to be best friends with the person, but you do want to know a little bit about someone who
0: is the creator of this product and of this service. Yeah. So it's about like relationships and you say trust and that little thing that maybe you can't put your finger on, but it makes you like a person or a brand.
2: Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that I did for my clients, and even when I go out and I speak and I wrote about it in my first book, I created this framework called the Tale of the Tape to help people to understand how do I bring more of who I am into the work that I do, whether it's a business or whether you're employed, but what's the foundation of your personal brand? What is the Tale of the Tape? We must know. So we've all seen boxing matches, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be your favorite sport, but...
1: But it's the but it's, there's passion people. there.
2: Yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah. So if you've ever watched a boxing match, at the beginning of the fight, the commentator goes through what they call the tail of the tape. They look at each fighter's height and their weight, and they look at their professional record, and they also look at things that seem really random, like the circumference of their wrist. Yeah, it's like, who cares about the circumference of your wrist? Well, in boxing, it matters, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at all of those things, it's easy to just play the numbers game and say, okay, well, this fighter, they have five advantages over the other fighter, so they're going to win. Well, it doesn't happen that way.
0: There's many other factors at play. Because we've seen Rocky. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There are of movies out there that have written this story for us, but the same thing happens for us. And so we often will count ourselves out because we think, well, I don't have this, I'm not that, this person's better at that. But all it takes sometimes is one advantage to make a difference. And so you've got to know your tail of the tape. And it's an acronym that stands for your talents, your abilities, your passions, and your experiences.
1: I love that. Now you've got me pumped. I have to ask you, because I know that you also are a certified life coach. You've dealt with people pursuing their dreams, their personal development, their own personal growth and career growth. I don't want any actual names, but are you able to give us almost like the Rocky story? Can you give us an example of a success story of one or two of your clients that went from like point A to point B?
2: I have a client that worked in corporate with a VP in banking, in fact, and she decided, you know what, this isn't what I want to do anymore. I want to do something that I'm more passionate about that isn't burning me out. And she started a business that was really focused kind of on doing like virtual assistant type work, but she had this passion for self-care. And she wanted to work that into the way that she did her business. And she wanted to transition from doing more of kind of the tedious day-to-day hands-on stuff to being more strategic and working in a bigger way with her clients. And so I worked with her to help her completely reframe the way that she built her business and to reposition her, even though what she did was very hands-on, she's talking about systems and operations and processes, but she was able to connect self-care into that. Mm. And, We took her tale of the tape, her talents, the things that she was just naturally good at, things she was gifted at, her abilities, the things she learned to be good at, uh, the things she was passionate about, which is self-care, and then her life experiences, dealing with burnout, having to take a leave of absence from work, dealing with postpartum depression after she had her son, and those life experiences have positioned her to be able to serve her clients in a way that other people that talk about that topic or do the work can't. You can hire somebody to set up work process systems for your business, but are they saying to you, hey, make sure that you are putting yourself back on the list. As we free up this time, what are you doing to make sure you're taking care of you so you don't burn out? That is
1: critical yeah. to longevity <laughs> and to keeping that passion going. That's
2: right. But I think we, and this kind of goes back to when they, what you were saying before, even with social media, we think we have to do things the way everyone else does them. And it's the same thing even with our businesses or the way that we're showing up in the world. We think we have to do it the way that everybody else does it. But when you really understand your tale of the tape, your talents, your abilities, your passions, your experiences. When I talk about your experiences, this is your life experiences as well. What has happened in your life, good or bad, that has really shaped the way you see the world, the way you relate to people. And that can help you to approach a problem in a way that no one else will. Everybody is
0: unique, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So somebody
0: has a dream. And they have been, for whatever reason, maybe they're on their job, they haven't been recognized or they're just in the wrong business or they just like the last client you talked about, she just wanted to go off in a different direction. Social media is something we've definitely talked about as far as being our own cheerleader. And there are other ways, too. So if I'm walking into Aisha's office, and we're going to talk about your book, and people can get more specific later. And I know you have an offer where people can get a chapter for free. But just tell me, what would you tell me to do first?
2: I think the first thing is we've got to figure out how to differentiate you in the marketplace based on who you are. And not just who you are, but also who are the people that you serve? I believe that we all are uniquely gifted, and this goes back again to the tale of the tape and our experiences, we're uniquely gifted to serve a specific audience of people. And when you figure out who that is and you understand their problems, like to the level where it literally will feel to them like you're walking around in their head. You can speak to their challenges, their fears, their desires so clearly, and that's not a marketing ploy. That's being authentic because I get you. Maybe I was you. And that is going to get to those people. Stop trying to talk to everybody. Figure <laughs> out focus who, you
1: <laughs> focus who you're trying to Because now you have something.
2: That's some... right. Everybody's not going to love you. And that's okay. And not Why meant to. That you?
1: you have something else, though, too, because everything that you're saying, I really feel a heart for people who want to be entrepreneurs, but they have some hurdles that are more based on just their human nature. And you have something called startup life support, where people who are starting up their businesses from scratch can address some of the emotional things that can overwhelm them, some of the challenges or negative self-talk. What is startup life support all about? How'd that start?
2: I tell people startup life support is like AA for entrepreneurs. I mean, because (laughs) it is Look, don't let these people on Instagram fool you. Entrepreneurship is hard. It is rewarding. If it is what you are meant to do, it will be one of the most rewarding things you will ever do. But it is not easy or glamorous the way that people make it look Mm. in their Instagram posts. (laughs) And so Startup Life Support was really designed to be this safe space where business owners can come together And talk about the challenges, not only that they're experiencing in their business, but even in your personal life. Because when you own a business, you don't get to necessarily compartmentalize. If things are jacked up at home or you're experiencing challenges, it's going to spill over to your business and vice versa. So this is that place where you can come and you can talk about it with people who get it. Because sometimes the people who may be in our immediate circles, maybe even your spouse, your best friend, if they don't understand that, they may give you Not so good advice. They may be telling, Well, why don't you just go back and get a job again? I mean, you were doing so well when you worked for that company. I love my mom, I love her with everything. But Hmm. I remember her telling me one time, Oh, you know, I was praying you would get another good job like you had before. Like the job that almost killed me.
1: (laughs) 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 And it's just a lack of understanding and like you said, you had God speaking to you and speaking into you to remind you where you're supposed to be, what you were supposed to do, and not just doing the basics. Sandy and I got to read your book, by the way. We have okay. to, it's, it's time to talk about that right now. I, yeah. think I know that you had, this is actually your second book. Your first one was Five Rules to Win Being You. and then yeah. But then this one was published this year, On Purpose, Practical Strategies to Live Your Best Life. This
2: book actually just came out August. You know, oh, as, as wow. As time we're having this conversation. This book has been out for a week. Are oh, you serious? I think I
1: burned my hand on when I was because it came hot off the presses. <laughs> <laughs> How about I got excited reading the table of contents <laughs> because you had chapters. <laughs> Only me, right? <laughs> I mean, you had chapters like living your best life is an inside job. Don't cash that reality check. And how to grow your audience and your impact, and how to fireproof your career. Even more personal areas like putting an end to people-pleasing. You put things that were career-based and personal-based, and you had professionals and experts along with your own testimonies and information and insight. So anybody can use this to help them.
2: Now remember I talked about being 14 years old and wanting to have this platform to give to other people who are doing great work. This book is the realization of that dream. I was able to handpick 15 co-authors, 16 including myself, who contributed to this book, and many of them are my clients. I have a program called Platform for Purpose, and it's a year-long cohort where we take people through and help them to find their voice and to connect with their audience, but also giving them bigger opportunities to get their message out there. The people that contributed to this book, we've got licensed counselors and marketing experts, people from all ranges of personal and professional development, but they're all focused on that common goal of helping you to close that gap between where you are right now and what you define as your best life. Because nobody else can define that for you. You've got to figure that out.
0: You've got to define it and then be
2: your own cheerleader, right? (laughs) Yes. That's right. Because nobody is just going to come and just hand you opportunities. You've got to be able to see them and to be brave enough to go after them. And I tell you, one of the things that I want people to really, really understand is that you do not have to be perfect to make a difference. Managing your personal brand does not mean you are going to be perfect. We all have things that we're good at. We all have things that we're not so good at. But managing your brand is also being able to maximize those strengths, which you're going to be able to identify through your tail of the tape but then to also minimize those weaknesses. If you realize you're not good at stuff, figure out ways to either minimize or eliminate that from the work you do or the way that you operate or find someone who can help you. I have an operations manager in my business because I'm not good with the day-to-day stuff. I'm the big picture. I'm the visionary. I love connecting with people. I don't like responding to 192 emails. (laughs) So I've got somebody to help me with that stuff. If you're working in an organization And this is the bad thing about, it. you know, we get into the career discussions and the reviews and it seems like all the focus ends up being on the things that we need to fix. But if we could get to a point where we could stop expending so much energy on the things that we're not good at Mm. and just figure out a way to get those things off our plate or get someone else to help with those things and focus on where we do make the greatest contribution, that's where we have an opportunity to shine. And you're going to show up in the world in a bigger way. You're going to make a bigger impact. And those opportunities that you want are going to come more and more frequently.
1: Yeah, because partnering with other people and using the resources that maybe you have combined with the ones that other people have is a key to success also, And I'm wondering, to anyone who is listening, what in the world is possibly stopping you from using even a resourceful person and Aisha's book to help you leap from the little leaf that you're currently on over to the big lily pad that you're supposed to be sitting on? It's (laughs) it's just a whole part of getting to that next chapter, getting to that next step. You have the startup life support. You have the books. You have a podcast.
0: You have so many things that can help people. And this is all on epiphanyinstitute.com, right? Your website. And then your book, you actually are giving away a chapter and it's your chapter, which was my favorite, by the way, (laughs) because I had a lot to do with social media (laughs) and focusing on that. But I know that's only one piece of it. So there's something in there for everybody. So what do people have to do to get this free chapter?
2: If you go to winbeingyou.com, you can download my chapter but you'll also get to see all of the other chapters that are there as well so hopefully that will entice you to get the whole book because I'm telling you it is such a wonderful resource and it's one of those books that you're not just going to read it once you'll read it and there may be a couple of chapters that resonate right now based on where you're at and what you need and you'll put it on the shelf and you'll pull it back out as you continue to grow or have new opportunities or new challenges because there'll be another chapter that will speak to you so I'm so excited about this book and the work that all of the co-authors put in because it is such a valuable tool. I
1: love that. So com for the free chapter. Also, I believe we can reach out to you personally if we had any questions through social media outlets or through
2: com. That's right. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. Let me know what you're struggling with because we just don't have an excuse anymore to say stuck. There are too many resources out there too many people who are willing to help you, but get over this notion that you have to figure it out all by yourself. We were not created to just be little islands figuring it all out. We were created to be communal, to support each other, to grow and to help. So get the resources you need to get to your next level because there's somebody waiting on you. You're somebody's answer you're the resource that somebody needs. And if you stay stuck, they won't get to learn and grow from what you have to bring to the world.
0: Right. So get that overwhelmed piece off of it. Yes. Because that's what we get if we try to do it ourselves. Exactly. So Aisha has some great resources here with her book and her podcast. And we'll put all of the information on our website as well. And Lene, what do you think? Is it time for takeaways? What's she got?
1: was thinking for the takeaways, there were just a few things that I wanted to re-emphasize, And then I wanted to ask one quick thing from Aisha. But I really am stuck on that part where you said I'm stuck on the part Mm -hmm. where you said there's no excuse to stay stuck, and that you don't have to be perfect to make a difference. And even the message that you got from God that none of us is really sent here to be just normal. We have our own little spark that we have to give to the world. And I just wonder, is there any other single piece of solid advice that you have for us?
2: One thing that I remind myself of every day is that it's not about me. Even though we're talking about personal branding, we're talking about being your own cheerleader, the reason that we do this is not to put ourselves on this pedestal or show how great we are. But it's, we want to get those opportunities that allow us to serve people in a bigger way. Wow. <laughs> Drop the mic on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is in the interesting duality. We are talking about personal branding, but we're also talking about how that helps others. And
2: yeah. that's the difference between what we do, the way we do it, versus people who are just out here trying to be Facebook famous. It's, it's not about <laughs> that. It's about serving the world. Yeah.
0: Oh, but one more Facebook Live, that ought to do it. <laughs> I can be a superpower. <laughs> but no,
1: we all do have our superpowers, but I do believe, like you said, that they are meant and intended to help the world overall and help others and not just for the glorification of ourselves. So now at the end, we always have something that imagine yourself that we kind of go away with for our listeners. But I know this seems like it's a tangent, and I promise it's going to be relevant. But I just was talking to one of my sisters last night, my little eight-month-old niece. She has this habit now where she claps for herself. Anytime she does something good, <laughs> she just, she'll just she just kind of crawl a few feet and she'll stop and she'll sit up and she'll like squeal a little announcement to make sure that everybody is watching. Oh. And she just claps for herself super enthusiastically. She's like her own little cheerleader. And I really just believe that if we can stop for a moment and turn that positive attention in our direction and highlight the things that we have to offer the world and give ourselves a joyful applause. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. This could be a happier place. Doing our own version of personal branding. Aisha, we thank you from the top, bottom, and middle of our hearts for coming and sharing with us.
2: Thank you. I have enjoyed this conversation so much and hope we get to do it again in the future.
1: Yeah, I I love that idea. But overall, imagine yourself cheering for living your life
0: on purpose.
1: Go get it, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.